0: Find one's power, a man must be forced to sit face to face with his weakness. What up, what up, crew? Welcome back to another episode of A Renegade Rooted in Love. My name is Cam McDougall. I'm a high-performance coach and breathwork practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. If you are new, this is your first time dropping in, welcome. I'm excited to have you. And if you're returning, it's so good to see you again. As I kick this podcast off, I'm going to be sharing snippets of my story, So that you can understand who I am, and ultimately, maybe even understand a little bit more about who you are. Each of these initial podcasts is based on a very pivotal point of my life, and I use it as an opportunity to dive deep into the inner workings of what it means to be a human. Today, we have a very interesting episode. And the title of this episode Probably got you thinking a little bit. When I was 16 years old, I felt the cold metal of the handcuffs on my wrist. I felt the sharp edge of the handcuffs around my ankles. And I can still feel the weight of the chain that connected the handcuffs on my hands to the handcuffs on my feet. And I remember sitting in the back of the sheriff's wagon on my way to juvenile detention for the first time thinking about how real shit was just about to get. I was 16 years old. I was a young kid. And I had been sentenced to a few months in juvie after catching an assault charge. Up until this point, I thought I was pretty hard. I thought I was pretty cool. I thought I was quite the badass. But it was this Moment sitting in the back of the sheriff's wagon where I was presented with the reality of my situation. I was 16 years old. I was heading into juvenile detention. It was going to be full of bigger, badder, wilder motherfuckers than me. And I was going to have to learn how to survive. My parents weren't there. My homies weren't there. I had nobody but me. Now, jail is a very controversial topic. Personally, I think it's a fucked up system that keeps a lot of youth and adults trapped in a system with very little opportunity to leave it. But there's one really interesting thing that jail does. And this is something that I've learned to understand upon reflecting on my time in juvie. And that is that it provides men with a rite of passage. It provides us with a stripping of who we think we are and an immersion naked into a completely foreign environment. And when I was 16 and I was sitting in the back of that sheriff's wagon on my way to juvie, I felt naked, I felt scared, and I had no idea what to expect. Now, I'd seen movies, I'd heard my friends talk about it, but there's nothing like being face-to-face with the reality of going into the complete unknown. And this is something that not a lot of men get an opportunity to experience in life anymore. Society is very well put together. It's orchestrated in a very specific way. And it's orchestrated in a way that keeps us from really enduring challenging experiences and ultimately suffering. It keeps us pretty damn safe for the most part. But in my opinion, this has made men soft. This has made men meek. This has made men frail. And it's ultimately taken our power from us. If you look back thousands of years, and you look back to tribal living, there's always a rite of passage. In the world of plant medicine, you find it. In the world of religion, you find it. You see it in all ancient civilizations. There was always this rite of passage that a man had to go through, that a man had to endure to come out the other side, to move from boy to man. And what I found very unique about my time in juvenile detention is it provided me with a serious rite of passage. So in this podcast, in this episode, I'm going to talk about what I learned about being in prison. And I'm going to talk about why I think every man needs to go to prison to experience something like this. Now, a lot of people are going to hear that. and They're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Listen to the essence of what I'm saying, not the specific words. Every man needs a rite of passage. Every man needs an opportunity to, To move from a boy to a man. Society doesn't have that anymore. We are too safe. We are too clean. We are are removed from our tribal roots. And we've lost this in society. And that is why we have so many men that are still boys. So what's the first thing that I learned when I went into juvie when I was 16? The first thing as I stepped onto those squeaky floors, as I heard the yells and the screams and the banter and the challenges coming through the windows, and I saw the formations and how people gathered and how people acted and what people talked about and what questions people talked about, as I saw how certain people went into the showers in certain ways, how others waited, how some went first and others held back, What I heard in the conversations, everything about the environment showed me that there was a code. There was a code in how the inmates acted with the guards. There was a code in how the guards acted with other guards. There was a code in how the inmates acted amongst themselves. There was a code amongst inmates in even closer circles. There were all of these codes that we had to learn and we had to abide by. Now, a lot of people have seen prison movies. So a lot of people know that there's this common thing of never asking another man what he was sentenced with. That's a real thing. That is a very real thing. You don't ask somebody what they're in jail for. You don't ask somebody what they have done. That is a part of the code. It's just a question that you do not ask. In society, men thrive with codes because it lays the foundation and the framework for the battlefields we step foot on. Without a code, we don't understand the boundaries of the game we're playing. And this is why we have so many men that are so disconnected that don't understand one another is because there's no code that connects us. In prison, sure, you have people that hate each other. You have all kinds of crazy shit that happens. But there's always a code. And in the weirdest way, if you follow the code and you honor the code, for the most part, you're okay. And I think this is something very important that all men have to think about. Is what is your code? And what is the code of the men you surround yourself with? Do they have one? Because if they don't, and you don't, You gotta figure out what the parameters are for the game that you're playing so that you can see how you operate in it. Because when we do this, we thrive. In prison, if you don't play by the code, you're fucked. You're either isolated, you're beat up, you get stabbed, you get fucked up. It's just not good. In society, if you don't follow the code, you become isolated, you become withdrawn, you don't feel seen, you don't feel connected. In prison, if you follow the code, you're supported. So therefore, in society, if we write a code and we follow that code and we surround ourselves with people that also follow that code, we feel at home. We feel safe. We feel empowered. And we understand the game that we're playing. Now, the second thing I learned in prison, you need brotherhood. If you do not have brotherhood, you are a sitting duck. You will be manipulated. You will be taken advantage of. You are in trouble. You need to find brotherhood. You need to find a crew. You need to find people that you surround yourself with that can support you. How many men in society right now are alone? Sure, you might have a couple homies, but how many of those friends actually have your back? How many of those friends would die for you? Not many. I can guarantee that. In juvie, I had to find friends. I had to connect with individuals because if I didn't, I was a sitting duck. I was at risk. I was isolated. I was out in the open. Men need brothers. And men need brothers that have their back through whatever it is they're facing. We need brothers that can support us emotionally. We need brothers that can support us physically. We need brothers that can support us mentally. We need brothers that can support us spiritually. We need brothers that push us to become the best versions of ourselves. And just like me, 16-year-old Cam, trying to make his way through his first stint in juvenile detention, I needed brothers to show me how to make it, how to make the best of it, how to be the best version of me that I could in the present situation. So I did that. I found a crew. I made friends. I did what I needed to do to find the support that I needed to get through which in my future sentences ended up being very beneficial. So to reiterate, first, I learned a code. Second, I clicked up. I got a brotherhood. I made a crew. The third thing was I learned that you do not want to be talking when you should be listening. Our mouths get us in so much trouble as men because we think we are right all the time. We think that what we know and what we've experienced is the way it's going to be. The fact is, we become way more powerful, way, way more powerful when we learn to listen, when we learn to shut our mouths, when we learn to become the student. If I didn't ask questions and listen to the answers and apply them to my life from individuals that had been in there a lot longer than me, I would have gotten myself in a ton of trouble. I had to ask questions like, who's that guy? Why is this individual saying that to me? Am I allowed to go over here? Can I be doing that? What does that look mean? What does that word mean? All of these different things. I would not have learned how to orient myself and I won't lie. I didn't get in a lot of shit in juvie. While there were kids stabbing each other, hitting each other over the head with pool balls, fighting, scrapping, all kinds of crazy shit going on, I didn't really get into any of it. Because I learned how to listen and I learned how to navigate this world in a way that kept me out of the chaos, that kept me out of the shit. Just like life, when we learn to listen, When we learn to be the student, when we learn to open ourselves up to the guidance of other people who have either been here longer or have a different perspective, we become very powerful. And it's not powerful in a place of you get to stand up to everybody and tell everybody what to do. No, you get powerful because you have knowledge. You get powerful because you're well-versed in the world. You know how to orient yourself in the world. You know how to be strategic. So I learned to listen as opposed to speak when I thought I knew the answer. This is a very challenging thing for men. But when we embody the student, and we truly turn ourselves over to the teachings of people that have more wisdom, we gain that wisdom. We learn that knowledge and in turn become extremely powerful. Now this leads really powerfully into the next piece, the fourth pillar. And that was I needed mentorship. I needed people to show me the ropes on how things went. But if I didn't know how to listen and I didn't know how to shut my mouth, nobody would have taught me anything. In fact, it would have been the opposite. I would have got fucked up. We need mentors. We need people that show us the ropes. We need people that can help us figure out the circumstances we're in. Just like navigating jail. You need mentors in business. You need mentors in fitness, mentors in mindset, mentors in relationships. We need mentors in all avenues of our lives so that we can learn their wisdom and apply it to our lives. When I got into juvie, there was this one name that kept popping up. And everyone kept saying, this guy was a lifer, this guy was hardcore, this, that, and the other thing. And everyone kept saying his name. He was in another unit. So I wasn't with him at that time. But I kept hearing the same name popping up over and over and over again. And he sounded like he was hard as fuck. And I was like, okay, I need to get to know this guy. I want to understand this guy. Because he obviously spends a lot of time in prison, obviously knows the ropes, and nobody's going to fuck with him. Now, because I was a first-time offender, I was in a more open-style custody my first time. And this open style custody was reserved for people that were in closed custody, that showed good behavior, that got moved into a more open situation, or it was for individuals like me who just, you know, were first timers. And so in this unit that I was in, that I started my journey in, there were two divisions. There were two sides, basically. And at one point, this individual who was in this other unit, who I kept hearing about, ended up in ours. He ended up coming over to our unit. Sure enough, approached him with questions, approached him with good vibes, approached him with a desire to learn from him. And he taught me. He taught me everything. Now, we got in a lot of shit together. We caused a lot of trouble together. That's for damn sure. But what I learned from this guy became paramount for me every subsequent time I ended up in juvenile detention. But here's the thing. My ego did not want me to approach him. This guy was, you know, we were teenagers and he was inked up from head to toe, hard looking motherfucker. And so for me to go up and be like, yo, bro, my name's Cam. What's up? I want to ask you some questions. It was a huge ego hit. I had to totally swallow all of my pride and approach this man humbly so that I could gain his trust. And as I gained his trust, he imparted wisdom on me. And he taught me how to operate and how to thrive in this environment. And sure, we got in shit together. We did some really ridiculous things. There was that aspect as well. But he still became my mentor in there and he taught me how to survive. So reiterating the pillars. We have a code. We have a brotherhood. We learn to listen. We seek mentorship. Now, the fifth piece is a very important piece. It's a very fine dance. And that is that as men, we have to learn to stand up for ourselves when the outcome doesn't look so good. We got to learn to feel the fear and take action anyways. This is courage. This is how we come into our power as men. And so I'm going to tell you a little story. The first couple of weeks that I went into juvie, I got tested I got tested by a crew of about four or five guys that were trying to rile me up. And as I was in an intake unit, there was a whole bunch of shitheads in that unit as well. Every Friday, we would have a movie night. They'd put on a DVD or something like that and we'd sit down and watch it. They'd set the plastic chairs up in front of this roller TV, kind of like in school, and all all the youth would sit down, plop down, and watch a movie. During that movie, there was a crew of kids behind me. And they were throwing gummy bears at me. And I sat there terrified. Because I said, okay, I've got two options here. The first option is I take it. And I get labeled a victim. Which you carry for the rest of your time there. Or I stand up to these guys. And risk getting the shit kicked out of me. So I sat there as gummy bears were just hitting me in the back of the head. And I went, I'm not playing the victim. I'm going to stand up for myself. And so I, I turned around. I stood up, picked up my chair, and I threw it at the group of youth. The chair hit them. Gummy bears everywhere. Guards came running. All this stuff goes down. But get this. They actually respected me after that as opposed to fuck me up because they went, okay, this guy's willing to throw down. This guy's willing to stand up for himself and I gained credibility. Had I not, had I just sat there and taken it, I would have lost all credibility and I would have been victimized my whole time in there. I saw this happen time and time again. For boys that didn't stand up for themselves, their life was hell. And this is the exact same thing in the world outside of jail. When a man does not know how to stand up for his beliefs, when a man does not know how to stand up for his rights, when a man does not know how to stand up for his perspective, for what matters to him, he gets victimized, he gets put down, and he loses his credibility. But when a man stands up for his beliefs, when a man shares his passions, when a man throws himself in against the odds and does that with power, with conviction, that man is rewarded. But we have way too many men in society now that are so quiet. They're so afraid. They just follow suit. But inside of that man is power. Inside of that man is fire. Inside of that man is an individual that has the ability to see anything through. He just needs to believe it. And every time I would throw myself out when the odds were against me, I came back stronger. I learned how to harness my fear and take action anyways, which made me extremely powerful. Men need to put themselves out there when the odds are against them. And if we don't, we will always seek comfort. Now, what makes this easier? Being strong, being powerful, feeling confident in one's body. The sixth thing I learned in Juvie, that first stint, was that I had to get strong. If I was skinny, if I was frail, If I was weak, I got taken advantage of. And not only because of how I looked, but because of how I acted. When I went into juvie for the first time, I was skinny. I was scrawny. I was a little kid. I didn't have any muscle. And as I stepped in there, I started seeing these strong men, these more powerful men walking around. And what I saw was confidence. I wanted that confidence. So I dedicated myself to going to the gym every day. I moved my body. I got strong. I got powerful. And what I realized is that physicality is not a luxury. Physicality is a necessity for a man. And when a man does not feel strong and powerful in his body, he will be more subdued. He will be insecure. He will subconsciously feel weaker. This is a fact. And that doesn't mean that that man is wrong. That doesn't mean that that man isn't as much of a man. All it means is he's leaving a lot on the table. He has so much more power inside of him that will come to the table once he develops his body. Because when I took the code, the brotherhood, the ability to listen, the mentorship, standing up when the odds are against me and added in physicality, strength, look out. I became a force to be reckoned with. Nobody fucked with me. Now, I'm not saying that we want to be criminals, that we want to act like convicts. What I'm saying is that life won't fuck with you nearly as much if you follow these principles as a man. Use prison as an analogy for life. You have all these pressures, all these things trying to push you down, trying to control you, trying to suppress you. That's the same as life. You have so many circumstances, so many things trying to suppress you. When you have a code, when you have a brotherhood, when you learn to listen, when you have powerful mentors, when you learn to stand up for yourself, when you learn to build a powerful body Those things don't affect you. You become a powerful embodied man. Men need rites of passage. If I look back on that little 16 year old that was going into juvenile detention for the first time and I look two months later after he had that first rite of passage, he was a different individual. Now, It wasn't the best outcome given the circumstances because I became a badder motherfucker. But the essence is what I'm getting at here. The essence was that I was able to transform into something I never thought I could. Now, the direction was wrong because I still had all my trauma and my pain and all these things running through me. But that system made it so. That mechanism created that outcome. So think about it. Do you have a code? Do you have a brotherhood? Are you able to listen? Are you able to be the student and have mentors? Do you stand up for yourself when the odds are against you? Do you put yourself in challenging situations? And do you take your physicality, your strength, your body, your power, and forge it every day. You follow these pillars, my friend, and you will become extremely powerful. That is all I have to share with you today. I'll be back next week with another episode about my chronicles from convict to coach. Sending you all big love. I look forward to seeing you again.